Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 3 The Smuggler's Gold by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter 4 Directions to the Gold. Safely barricaded in Tanika's cabin aboard the Challenger, with both Anna and Demaria on patrol, the sleuths felt it was safe enough for them to examine the objects they had found hidden inside the sloop inn. Nika swept the charts off the large table in the middle of the room and drew their finds from the inside of her cloak, placing the rusty metal box gently on the table. Let's see, said Nika, carefully opening the box once more. Let's look at them one by one to make sure we don't miss anything. Shall we do the wallet first? The sleuths nodded excitedly, and Milo took out his eyeglass in readiness for a close examination. Nika's fingers slowly opened the battered leather wallet, and a spider scuttled from inside the folds, making them jump back. There was only one other item inside, an old piece of folded paper. Nika gently opened it, and they all stared curiously. The paper was so old it was yellow and very creased. It was hard to see the faint marks on it due to all the dirt, but Milo trained his trusty spyglass on it to decipher the clue. "'It looks like a floor plan of some sort,' he said slowly. "'Like an old plan of a building.' "'Yes, it could be,' agreed Sam, taking the spyglass and having a look." But a plan of where? Hmm, we need more information, said Nika, tapping her fingers on the wooden table. I'm not sure we should handle it too much, said Sophie, looking at the paper. The parchment is very brittle. If we touch it too much, we'll damage it. Let's make a copy to save having to handle this one, suggested Zav. Yes, cried Sam. Great idea. We need to. Look, it's tearing already. Nika found some paper and a pencil, and Milo set to work, using his spyglass to make an exact copy of the plan. Meanwhile, the others turned their attention back to the metal box and the doubloon inside it. This is one of the oldest forms of gold coin we have, Nika said, holding it up to the light. They use these to pay for goods, as well as being hoarded for treasure. There's a very good chance that there's a lot more of these somewhere. It's very heavy, said Zav, as Nika handed it round for everyone to examine. That's because it's pure gold, Nika explained. Our money nowadays is made from them, but only has a little bit of gold in it. One thousand of our sovereigns are worth just one of these doubloons. I think these coins were part of a shipment sent to King Lucio, but they never arrived at the Royal Mint where our money is made. Why do some people use gold instead of money? asked Sophie. Because it's accepted everywhere and has intrinsic worth. Intrinsic worth? asked Zelly. It means that the gold in the coin is always worth something. It'll never lose its value the same way money can, Nika explained. You can use scales to weigh the coins to check that they are real gold. Everywhere I go, we trade in gold rather than money. It's much more reliable. What's the piece of paper that was in the box with the doubloon? asked Sam. It looks like a bill of carriage, said Zav. I've seen Pa with these. You're right, agreed Nika, taking it from him. This shows the details of a cargo of gold doubloons. She peered at the faded writing. And it's from the Flying Dutchman. 
The sleuths gasped. The ship must be real. And if the Flying Dutchman was real, so was the treasure it was carrying. How are you getting on, Milo? Zelly asked. Nearly done, he replied. We're right. This is the plan of a big house. It must have cost a lot to build. Captains often build this kind of property when they make their money, said Nika, looking at it carefully. It reminds me of that big old house at Whispering Sands by the Lagoon of Imora, Sam remarked. Milo paused, pencil in midair. Sam, I think you're right, he cried. That's exactly the shape of this plan. It would fit perfectly. We must go and have a look, declared Nika, her eyes bright. Last time we went there, it was deserted, said Zav. All the better, Nika grinned. If it's been abandoned, it's a good place to hide something. Let's go at first light, suggested Zav. We can row there in the lucky star, added Sam. Then no one will be suspicious. It'll just look like we're going to Whispering Sands for a picnic. Excellent plan, sleuths, said Nika approvingly. Just then, Anna the parrot flew in through the open window. Mistress, she cried urgently. A sailor is listening outside. The children and Nika froze. He has not heard much as I flew at him, but he is definitely a spy. What does he look like? asked Nika quickly, grabbing her sword from the door. Tall and bald, with an eye patch, said Anna. Um, Birdo, said Nika grimly. I picked him up in Frenchtown and I've been suspicious about him all voyage. Gossip from the crew reached me that he's got a brother in the Black Cross gang, but I haven't been able to prove anything. Umberto? repeated Sophie in alarm. There's a Humberto who works with the Black Cross gang. He kidnapped us. Nika cursed under her breath. That can't be a coincidence. I should have listened to my instincts. He must be linked to the pirates. This also proves we were followed to the house in Middle Street, whispered Zelly. Umberto must have been spying on us right from the start. The sleuths looked at each other in horror, but Nika was calm. Zelly, she said, ask Anna to go back out and check he's still listening. She must not fly at him. We need to set a trap. Zelly nodded and whispered the instructions to her parrot. Anna fluttered out and returned quickly. He's coming back she said. Nika smiled grimly. I thought he would, she whispered. He only pretended to leave when Anna flew at him. If he is involved with the Black Cross gang, they'll be wanting information at any cost. She signalled to the sleuths and said, very loudly, It must lead to the south by lookout point. That's what this paper says, so the treasure must be that way. Yes! agreed Sam and Zav, also speaking very loudly. That paper is the only clue we found in the Sloop Inn. We must follow it. I shall get a small crew together and we will leave this very night, declared Nika, keeping up the volume. Now let's go and get some fresh air, guys. They noisily scraped back their chairs to give Umberto the eavesdropper plenty of time to get away, and Anna gave a quick tweet to indicate he had gone. If he's not scarpered back to the Black Cross gang to report, I'm not Nika the Navigator. The sleuths grinned. I'll set a false trail this evening to the south. And then we can go up north to this old house in the early morning at Whispering Sands. I'll meet you by the lucky star at first light. A few miles away, up into the narrow, winding streets of Redport, lay a pub called the Slimy Tombstone 
where a disreputable-looking group of sailors gathered to drink rum, roar with laughter and, more often than not, get into fights. The slimy tombstone was the headquarters of the Black Cross gang. Their leader, the black-cloaked Vinicius, was the same man who had ordered the death of Captain Cornelius Vanderbilt and his crew, as well as the destruction of the Flying Dutchman all those years ago. Vinicius may be older now, but he did not forget. He had known that Vanderbilt had a secret, and he knew that, somehow, he had sent the clues away before he'd been captured. Vinicius had been searching, on and off, ever since. He wanted that treasure, and he would do anything to get it. It was as he was letting his vengeful thoughts swirl around his brain that his spy arrived, wheezing but triumphant. I have news, master, he gasped. Well, 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 Umberto, the pirate leader said, looking coldly at him. Let's see whether you've earned your place among my loyal band. Umberto's lanky frame bent in an ungainly bow, which made a nearby table of pirates roar with laughter and slam their tankards together in a mockery of the man's subservience. Umberto blushed, and Vinicius smiled unpleasantly. Speak, he ordered. Nika the Navigator has joined forces with the Sinclair and Arden children. Umberto wheezed. They found an old paper in the sloop inn, and I eavesdropped on them to find out what they'd discovered. Vinicius leaned forward. And? he asked, his eyes trained on the man before him. I heard them say the paper revealed that the treasure was to the south, by lookout point, and that Nika and some of her crew will be setting out to investigate this very evening. As Umberto finished speaking, a strange rattling could be heard. The pirate stared around him in confusion as it came closer. Rattle, rattle, rattle. Ah, said Vinicius. Rattling Cat has decided to join us. And out of nowhere, a moth-eaten black cat with one beady red-rimmed eye, jumped onto Vinicius's lap, hissing at Umberto viciously. Around its neck hung a necklace of bones, which made the rattling sound. What do you think, rattling cat? Vinicius asked in a low voice, stroking the patchy fur, so that the cat arched its back into his hand. Do we believe... Umberto here? The cat opened its jaws wide and hissed, its one remaining red eye glaring with hatred at the gangly man before it. Before Umberto could react, the cat had pounced, flying through the air and landing on his shoulder, scrabbling with vicious claws in its attempt to hold on. Umberto yelped in fear and froze, not daring to move, his head turned desperately away from the hissing creature on his shoulder. Then she gave a soft meow and relaxed her claws. It had been a test and Umberto had passed. Good, said Vinicius coldly. Rattling Cat always knows when someone is lying to me. 
and you are speaking the truth. Come. This final command was directed at Rattling Cat, who leapt through the air once more, the bones on her necklace clattering and clanking as she landed at the pirate leader's feet. So it's those pesky brats again, Vinicius, said a different voice, and a short, stocky pirate with bulging muscles and greasy hair appeared. Hey up, brother, he continued, seeing Umberto and grinning. Nice work. Umberto looked relieved. Ta, brother, he replied, nodding. Humberto and Umberto reunited, said Vinicius mockingly. Your parents would be so proud. And speaking of parents, how did you find the famous Nika the Navigator, protector of orphans and all who find themselves alone in this world? It's no surprise she's friends with those insolent little brats. Umberto humphed. She's got skills, he said grudgingly. Pretty handy with a sword. For a woman, he added, and the pirates around him guffawed appreciatively. No women were allowed aboard the Black Vulture on pain of death. The pirates thought they were bad luck and would refuse to set sail if a woman had set even a toe on deck. Yes, I think we can discredit her mused Vinicius. If all that stands in our way are these little brats and a woman, I think we can count on celebrating a Black Cross gang victory very soon. At this, a roar filled the humid air and the sound of tankards slamming on wooden tables resounded around the room. Might is right, we care for none. Pay us if you want us gone. Rise up, pirates, hear the call. Plunder, plunder, plunder all. Thanks for listening. Join us next episode for Chapter 5, Finding the Flying Dutchman's Treasure. See you next time.